Right. Taylor, how you doing? I am doing all right. How are you, man? I am I'm good. I I, I can't complain. Um congratulations on uh Death by Rock and Roll and not one but two number one singles, which I guess you guys were just talking about. Yeah, that's it's uh Honestly, it's mind blowing. It's it's like I still don't know what to say about it other than just like thank you. Like thank you for everyone who's listened. Thank you for everyone who bought the album, streamed the album, listened to it on YouTube, ripped it, like, you know, wh- however you listen to it, as long as you've listened, just thank you. It's it's incredible. So Awesome. Um, well, congrats congratulations on that. And uh well, you're going to make my life easier this coming Tuesday cuz you're taking over my lunch. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for stealing your time, and uh, I hope I do some justice, because I'm certainly not a DJ, so I'm doing my best, but uh, I did pick some pretty cool songs, so I uh, I hope the audience enjoys it, because it's certainly music that I love. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they will, and listen, I'm all for kicking back and putting my feet up on the desk and doing no work for an hour. Fine by yeah. then. <laughs> well, I know. I'm just giving you a lunch break. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I saw some of the bands that you uh, that you have picked, and uh, uh, not to give the audience too much, uh, you know, of what you're going to play, but uh, obviously we all know your love for Soundgarden, um, yeah. and you're going to be throwing them on there. Do you remember the first time you heard a Soundgarden song, and what song that was? I get asked that a lot, and I'm not sure that my answer is ever actually accurate. Um, I definitely was in my preteen years, so I was probably like 11 or something when I first heard Soundgarden, and I believe the first song I heard was was, uh, 4th of July, Okay. definitely like piqued my interest, and from then I just like, you know, from that I went down like the Soundgarden rabbit hole of everything that is Soundgarden, and all of it is awesome, and it just gets more awesome and more awesome, and the older I get, the more I understand it, and the more I like can delve into it and uh if you're not a Soundgarden fan and if it doesn't click with you right away like I would I would recommend giving it a second lesson personally because it's they're to me it's like the Beatles Soundgarden it's my bookends um so like so I would I would highly recommend uh giving it a second chance if it's something that you have not um necessarily connected to with yet well it's funny you you say that so I remember seeing Outshined on MTV Back when okay. they used to play videos, and uh, and I was like, and I I come from the '80s, and I'm like, what is this voice? And he was menacing in the video. There's fire behind him, and like, but I didn't really like, I didn't dive into it. Where I dove into Soundgarden is when I discovered Audio Sleep. I knew all the hits, and I liked them; they were cool sure. uh, and everything. But I fell in love with the first Audio Sleep record, like nonstop for like a year, well, and that made me go back and discover all the Soundgarden stuff I didn't know. And wow. No, I mean, and that's a thousand percent understandable. I mean, like Audio Slave is, first of all, that first Audio Slave record is absolutely like impeccable. Um, one of my favorite records. Um, but to me, Soundgarden is like, it's, well, Soundgarden just, it's not to like, I, I, I don't want this to sound like I'm insulting Audio Slave because I'm a huge Audio Slave fan. Obviously, like, you know, Tom Rell is on our record. Like I'm a, I'm a huge, yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge, huge fan. I love all their albums. But Soundgarden in particular, like they have this kind of, I don't know, there's, there's a complexity to it and there's layers to it that 
you know, you might not understand on first listen. And that's why I say like, you know, give it a second chance. And like, just because you've heard the, you know, the radio singles and the hits or the, you know, whatever you want to call them. Like if you've heard Black Hole Sun, that does not sum up Soundgarden. Like it's a fantastic song, but like you really got to kind of delve into the the full discography to like really get it. And it's, and, and when that clicks in your brain, it's just, it's, it's absolutely uh, just, uh, so inspiring and insane like the like the musicality the complexity the 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 strangely the sensitivity almost in the lyrics um obviously chris's voice is like unparalleled and we don't need to even like discuss that because everyone knows that um but like just the the whole package of the four of them together was just it was something that was um you know it's it's kind of why i I equate it to the Beatles where it's just, it's something that's so, um, you know, once in a lifetime and something that's so unique. And, um, and to this day, like, you know, I'm now 27 and I've been listening to them since I was like 11 or something. And I know those records forwards and backwards and backwards and forwards. And I still, every time I put on a, put on an album or put on a song, I still discover something new within it. And that is something that is that's something that I really appreciate about music is something that like I really you know connect to when I when I can listen to something at nauseum and like you know years later still discover something new and still be inspired by it and like that's something that's uh that Soundgarden has forever done for me and and still does to this day so so a shout out last year uh your jam with Matt Cameron doing halfway there first off that you chose that song we had played it here at the station, but it kind of came and went. But if you really listen to those lyrics, like, I mean, it's one of those songs, uh, like, Be Yourself by Audios. Like, Chris's writing was, like, it, it was above a, most of the artists at the time, in my opinion. It was a, it was a what? was above most of the artists of his time. That oh, he was, absolutely. Hey, there's something, and I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but when now I go back and I'm like, wow, this guy was above. Oh no, he was a he was a poet beyond, mm -hmm. like way beyond his years and everything in between. And so that you know, like I think that that's you know part of why that loss was so huge of you know losing him is like there's no more poetry coming from him and like yeah. and that you know and that is something that I think that you know people like the aggression of Soundgarden and they like the you know and they appreciate his voice and like all the you know, all of the elements that are kind of obvious, um, but, and, you know, and the odd time signatures and the, and the band is obviously like just amazing. So I'm not trying to like, you know, take away from any of that, but I think at the end of the day, like it comes down to music to me, at least, like it comes down to the song itself. And like, he, he was a poet and he, and those songs, first of all, the chord structures are just like all over the place. So like, I don't even know how to, like, I don't even know how, <laughs> how we came up with that. Yeah. But then like, forget, forget the, even the music for a second and like, just look at the, the, the poetry of what he wrote. And it's, and it's so, um, and it's, it's just so inspiring. It's so, it, it's so honest and it's so raw and it's so, uh, just genius, honestly, like, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, like it's, 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 it's something that will I think forever last the test of time and I think like the longer people sit with it the more you understand it and at least that's been my experience yeah uh I'm going to turn it to another man but I without I before I move on from Chris Temple of the Dog record like mind-blowing like mind-blowing I saw that tour twice 
when they did the little mini tour, including Madison Square Garden. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's so unfair. I saw the first night at the Tower Theater in Philly. Amazing. Me and a buddy were like, when we go to Madison Square Garden, we sat behind the stage. So I had the view of the band. It's easily top three shows I've ever seen in my life. Oh, easily. I Oh, easily. I can uh, imagine. That's amazing. So, I mean, hung, just hunger strike alone is like yeah. disturbing. And then like, don't even get me going on the discography. Yeah. Uh, like it's just, it's a, it, you know, that he was, I don't know, Chris was a, he was a, he was a force to be reckoned with, I guess. Um, yeah. And uh, dare anyone try to, you know, try to, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the right phrase is there, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, another band you picked, uh, Godsmack, and you were supposed to go on tour with them uh, last year before the world shut down. Um, any chance that that the two of you guys might go back on uh, tour, maybe in 2022? I know you postponed all, all your dates. And what do you think touring is going to look like when finally we get back out on the road? Man, I... I honestly i have no idea um i would love to tour with god's back I'm, I'm you know i'm very dear friends with them and they're like amazing people and uh you know i respect what they do and i think that that would be a really fun tour it was something i was looking forward to um you know it obviously has gotten canceled but like i've also heard you know it's it's this kind of convoluted situation that we're living in right now where like nothing is technically canceled everything's just being pushed and moved yeah. and postponed to at you know some later date so it's so you know hopefully that tour will actually come to fruition because i think it would be a really fun one uh, no it definitely would be good so taking over the launch tuesday it's may 4th which we did a little research is an anniversary of the pretty reckless doing an exclusive wmgm show right here in atlantic city at the house of blues had no idea we were we were planning that out and I was actually talking with uh, a couple listeners that I was uh, that I was going to be chatting with you, uh, and they they had this question. And because it was May Fourth, it's the anniversary. How was the tour you went on the road with Marilyn Manson? And they were curious, what was it like touring with him? Obviously, not getting the best headlines right now. Uh, but what was what did you have any interaction with him on the tour? Oh yeah, we hung out like all the time. And uh, honestly, like you know, I don't want to get into what's happening currently because that's you know, it's, it's not my business. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Um, but you know, I had nothing but, uh, a great time on that tour. Honestly, like we had a lot of fun. Um, the shows were great. He was a lot of fun. He was very funny. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm one who appreciates comedy. Like, I think if you're not laughing through life, then you're not living. Um, so like, so we kind of, you know, our maybe crude sense of humor has got along uh, well, but like, I, I have nothing um, bad to say about that. So like, I just, you know, I, 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 so I'll leave the situation that it is right now because I don't know the details and I'm staying out of it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stay silent on that for now but as far as the tour went like it was a really really great experience and it was awesome the year before another larger than life personality you turned uh you toured with was axel and guns and roses that was the first time i saw you live and uh became hooked on your live show uh thanks <laughs> did, did you did you have interaction with axel i know a lot of times he's he's very ruthless. Yeah, actually, i had quite a bit of interaction with axel and he was awesome as well um 
I know I feel like I sound like I'm just repeating myself and going like, no, everyone I've toured with has been awesome, but like really they've kind of all been awesome. Um, and Axel um, in particular, like just to watch him perform every night was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the full formed Guns N' Roses yet. Like, I mean, it was no. his, you know, Axel Rose version, um, yeah. like Slash wasn't there and stuff. And I'm so glad that they're all back together now, which was actually a tour that we were supposed to be opening for again in 2020 and then obviously that didn't happen so I was I was looking forward to that um but Axel is amazing and just to get to watch him to like perform every night and like hit those notes like with such ease and like I mean he was and it's just so impressive like I just I would sit on the side of stage just watching it going like okay like how are you props to you man like you're a rock star like that's you know that's what that is um so it was very inspiring and he was uh, just like the sweetest and the nicest and we had so much fun on that tour and 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 his band at the time too was like you know I I got on with them very well and like it was it was just a great experience and we were looking forward to doing it again kind of in full force and yeah. hopefully that still comes to fruition at some point in the future here Nice, nice. Uh, the great thing about Axel is, is that you know, he had this amazing voice, obviously, the 80s, early 90s, and he had lost it for a bit. And then somewhere he found it again, because when I went and saw him with Slash and Duff and everything, I was like, that doesn't sound like the same guy the last time I saw him. <laughs> well, you know, it's, well, that's it. No, he, he sounded amazing every night when we were on tour with him. And that's and, and I think that, you know, that's a thing that people have to realize is like the human voice, like, I never treat it like a sport, but like a lot of people do, like they, you know, they try to, like, I try to respect it to a degree or whatever, but like, I don't really warm up or I don't, like, I don't have any pre-show rituals, like other than like, I put on my shoes and like my jacket, my makeup and like, you know, crack my hands and go, all right, let's go. Um, <laughs> like, like, I don't know, like I do like a, all right, let's go, let's walk on stage. Um, you know, and I know a lot of people have like rituals and stuff like that, but, but like the fact that his voice has held up, not just held up, but like, I feel like it's, it's just gotten better with age. And I think that that, um, you know, is certainly something that I strive for, like, as you know, the older I get, like, I, I just try to improve myself. And um, Axel was certainly an inspiration to see that, like, yeah, you can do this when you're, you know, older, and it doesn't have to, you know, go downhill. Like, like, I always, everyone, like everyone has, you know, everyone has yeah. their like their valleys of their ups and their downs. And like, I certainly have had my own. Like, where you know, touring with laryngitis or touring when I'm sick or you know things like that, um, which suck. But you know, at the end of the day, you 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 power through, or if you if you actually physically can, because like there's there are those moments where like you physically like. It's like, I can't put on the show tonight. Like, I'm too ill. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, like, aside from those moments, like, I, I feel like I'm just trying to constantly better myself and, and watching, you know, I hate to say the word elders, but, like, you know, the, the, <laughs> the people that I, you know, grew up admiring um, continue to do this and continue to grow and continue to be better, like, in one way, even better than they were when they first started is so inspiring and something that I, you know, thrive and, uh, and, and, you know, hope to do in the future. Like, I, I hope that that's where my future leads as well. You know, I always say that I say artists should just find out what Ann Wilson does with art and <laughs> right? do what she does. Cause 
she hasn't lost anything. She hasn't like, lost anything. Uh, like, <laughs> my God, she's, she's, she's not lost a note. And I don't like, and you know, and that's, and you know what that means? I mean, she's doing it correctly. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, because I found that like, it's, it's not a, you know, you can take vocal, like I never took vocal lessons or anything like that. Um, and you can do all that kind of training and, or whatever you want to call it. But like, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're saying and what you're trying to emote. And if you can kind of mentally go there um, every night and, and, and actually kind of picture and, and care about what you're saying and what you're singing, then it becomes really easy. And like the rest of it just kind of fades in the background. And like, you know, once in a while you'll flop a note or, you know, whatever, but like, that's just human nature. Like it's, it's you mm-hmm. know, it, it is a voice and it, you know, it does take some care. And like once in a while I do have to drink a cup of tea or something like that, yeah. but like, you know, um, but in general, it's more about just like trying to speak through music I guess and like I and so I treat I treat um singing the same way I treat speaking like to me like warming up is like just singing songs like I sing songs and then I'm warmed up (laughs) like there's no like ahs or like any of that stuff like it's just it's it's kind of you know sing songs and and then you your your voice is warmed up for the day and then you can play a show and it's awesome I talked to uh, Pete from Chevelle and he said when he stopped being so cautious and overanalyzing his voice and he just kind of just did it, <laughs> he got better. He goes, the stress yeah. just left, you know, with him watching what he eats, watching what he does. He goes, when I stopped doing that, all of a sudden he goes, it just became easier now. Yeah, I so. think, I think, I certainly think when you stop overthinking it so much, it, it, it just becomes, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't speak for everyone because like everyone has their own ritual or their own routine and stuff and like and I'm I would be you know an ass to say like that's incorrect it's just not what I do like but to me like I I think that finding it's just it's second nature to me like I've always found that like music was like a language that like from a very young age I just kind of you know it was like this foreign language that I always understood Uh, and it just made sense to me Um, and it still does and and so that's something that um, I feel very lucky that I found that at such a young age and I, and I feel very, you know, uh, just lucky, I guess. Like, yeah. I feel, like, I feel, I feel lucky that I figured that out that, you know, like I understood this language and, and it's, and it's provided me with so much solace and so much hope and, um, and just, you know, it's kind of like kept me going throughout my entire life. <clears throat> and by the way, I'm, and excuse me, I'm sorry for like all the sniffling and the <clears throat> because what? I'm in Maine right now and my allergies are out of control. Like I, so out of control, it's ridiculous. I uh I didn't have allergies my entire life until 10 years ago when I moved to a street named Redwood and it just kills me now. So <laughs> I understand. Like, I'm like, dude, like trying to like put on eye makeup. Like yeah. I know you're not a girl, so you don't have to deal with this problem. But, but I wear contacts. Okay, well, so I should wear contacts. <laughs> I'm blind. Um, yeah. I wear glasses, uh, like when I have to read subtitles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried wearing contacts for a while, and it just like didn't work for me. I didn't like it. Um, I never figured out the right prescription or whatever you okay. call it. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> my God, I'm sorry. 
but like trying to put eye makeup on when your eyes like won't stop watering and it just looks like you're sobbing constantly yeah. it's like a, it's a super challenge so. i i can imagine so i think you sort of answered my next question well sort of my uh the couple questions here but obviously we were introduced to you through acting um you haven't done any acting in a long time do you ever get the acting bug or has it always been music for you no um the the acting bug i don't know if i ever really had it it was something you know acting was something that i got put into at a very young age by my family um starting at two years old um mm -hmm. and it was just something that and and i've spoken very like especially in my teenage years like i spoke very harshly about it and was very like negative towards it and and i don't feel that way i i just the, the way i said things at that time came across very harshly i guess um but no, acting was never something that I chose. You know, it was, it was almost like going to school. Like it was just something that I always did and I didn't know any differently. And music was something that not only did I choose, I feel like it chose me. And, um, you know, like writing songs and singing and, and playing instruments from, you know, guitar to piano to, you know, everything in between. It was just something that I always did, but I did it for me, I guess, if that makes sense. And um, you know, and you can act in a film when you're five years old, but, you know, hypothetically, I mean, I'm sure there, there are, you know, five-year-old kids who put out albums, um, but like, <laughs> in general, like that's, you know, it just seems like it's not such a great idea. Like, you know, you have to wait till you're at an age where you've written, where I, or at least for me, where like, I, you know, met the right people and I like, I found the right band and, and not, like, you know, just hiring musicians and auditioning people or anything, but like actually like organically figuring all of that out and writing uh, records with the material that I actually wanted the whole world to hear. Because up mm -hmm. until that point, it was something that I was simply doing all the time, but it was, you know, it was private and it was for me. Um, and, you know, so once I, you know, once all those kind of pieces fell into place, it was a very simple decision for me where I just went, oh, I don't have to do this day job thing. Like, I don't have to act. I don't have to do any of this. <laughs> oh my God. It was like this revelation that happened. And I went, well, I'm out. I quit. Yeah. I, quit. I think the world would love to hear five-year-old lyrics from Taylor. Uh <laughs> um, I'm sure if you Google, um, you can find some of it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I mean, I, I wrote a song, like, I used to, uh, oh, I shouldn't even, like, bring this up, because now people are going to Google it, um, and it's going to be embarrassing, but, uh, you know, when I was a child, I, I, I wrote a lot of songs, and I, I love animals, and I was working for the Humane Society, and, like, one of the first, not first songs, but, like, first songs I actually sang on television for a news channel in, I was living in St. Louis at the time at the Humane Society so there's like a snippet of it I think it was on like e-news or something um <laughs> of one of the songs I wrote about it was called rescue a pet so you know rescue a pet I'm I yeah. still I still stand by the statement but yeah. you know I don't but you know I, I hopefully the songs have improved since then <laughs> yeah so moving on they, you know you're going into music pretty reckless and everything uh, well, one listener actually asked me this and I wasn't going to ask this but I'll ask it ever mistaken for Taylor Swift I mean, you're blonde, you're young. <laughs> Do you ever get mistaken or? Uh, no, I have never been mistaken for Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, I mean, no offense to Taylor, the other Taylor, but, uh, or myself, but, uh, <laughs> but I have never been mistaken for her. And were uh, you, 
were you pressured by anyone when you were getting into music to uh, you obviously are influenced by rock bands and you're you're a rocker and but were, was there pressure to try to make you pop you know that they wanted to like make this image or whatever um not yes and no that's kind of a complicated and loaded question i mean i think you know when i we formed the band when i was you know i was only it was back in 2008 so i was like 14 turning 15 um so i was young and you know and going through my rebellious teenage years and so i think there was an element of that that they wanted to kind of capitalize on it to a degree i guess um but as far as like as far as the music went you know like working with other songwriters or you know doing that kind of like songwriter by committee thing where there's like 10 songwriters on one song and like whatever like all that that just never interested me because to me like you know yes i'm a singer yes i'm a guitar player but like i also in a piano you know i play a little piano and all that i'm you know i mean i'm a musician but to me i'm a songwriter first and so like how dare you ask me to work with someone else and so that you know so the only other person that i've actually um you know at least with this band like I, i worked with lots of people you know trying to kind of figure out my path and find find where you know find the right people and find where everything worked um but you know none of that stuff actually ever really came to light and I never put out um you know so the only other person that I've ever written with is is our guitar player Ben and we're the two songwriters of the band and and that's and that's it and so that's kind of where I I stick to it like so it comes down to I'm kind of convoluting your question here, but I guess like, yes, there was, you know, there were some pressures to be, you know, kind of put into different categories of that might've been a little more simple, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like marketing and the way people saw me at the time. Um, but to me, it was, to me, it was like, it was very simple of like, no, I do this because I love it and that's it. And so if you're not on board with that, then I don't want you as a part of my team and so it was you know it, so it took a while to find you know the right partners um not musically but like I mean well, musically as well but uh you know but in the industry who kind of understood that and supported that vision and allowed me to be the kind of creative force behind all of it and um and then just figure out how to you know help support that and market it and you know all all of that stuff that comes afterwards um, well it's all worked out because you're uh you're doing pretty good over the uh last i guess what you know 10 12 years you've been doing the pretty reckless it hasn't been but, so bad no I no mean, i mean look five six number one rock but it's been but it's been pretty awesome and honestly like i really got to thank the fans like i know every artist says that and it sounds really cliche but like i really like our fan support and like the fan base who's stuck with us through you know, all the turmoil, the ups, the downs, the, the good times, the bad times, the whatever, like they're, they're so loyal and they're so there and so present. And like, I could not be more grateful. So like, I really shout out to you guys. Nice, like, nice. Thank you. Uh, what's the rest of 2021 look like for Taylor and the Pretty Reckless? Oh, that is a good question, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> if only I was a fortune teller. Um, (laughs) I, uh, you know, I think we, we have a couple, we have a, 
you know, and so it went the current single um, featuring the amazing Tom Morello is obviously out right now and is currently number one. So, which is amazing. So thank you guys. Thank you for playing it. Number one, uh, <laughs> number one off this album, which is very bizarre to me to have now, you know, it was weird to have one, but now two number ones off of a record and we have yet to play either of them live for real live in front of an actual audience and that's so bizarre so yes we've canceled uh touring just because i don't feel like it's i don't feel like the world has fully healed itself yet um so we have postponed touring to 2022 um but 2022 hypothetically knock on wood as i say this um is gonna rock <laughs> and like it's gonna be super phenomenal so i'm looking forward to that but as far as 2021 goes we have more singles coming out more music videos you know um we're we finally just got back in the rehearsal studio and so we're like the four of us are finally like playing together again which is like definitely necessary and something that i was like dying for um so we're finally doing that again which is awesome because that's you know the first step to anything mm-hmm. um and so just you know a, a lot more I don't know what, what does the industry call it? Content. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more content coming. Um, but, uh, but you know, not, not full on in-person shows yet, but maybe, maybe some sort of live stream or something. Cause I do really, really want to play this record live full force, you know, not acoustically stripped back, like, you know, full on plugged in. Um, we would, we would love it. It's an amazing record. Uh, I remember last year I was talking with Alice Cooper and he goes, 2021 is going to be insane with new music. And he goes, hopefully it'll get on the road. But I mean, we got so much great rock music and anybody that says rock is dead. I want to throw a punch of pretty reckless. The Foo Fighters record, Chevelle's new record. I can't wait for tomorrow's uh, Royal Blood's new record. I love that band. Greta Van Fleet's putting out great music. Like it's thriving. And, and this one thing, this lockdown and not touring has given us is, time for you and your your you know counterparts to put new music out and that's 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 tremendous for for the music fan like me and our listeners absolutely and you know and and not just new music but like music videos and like i know like i don't know if the music i don't know if people is that like a gene simmons quote too like the music video is dead um, i would love i would love to watch videos but mtv all they play is ridiculousness no i know like 90%. yeah i know i miss it because like i love because i love making music videos because i think that it you know i love the artistic um you know visual expression of the song in some mm-hmm. way i think that, i think that you know you can do so much with that and yes they come with their challenges especially in covid but like it's it's something that i really enjoy doing um and we have one in the pipeline coming out soon for the new single which i'm not sure if i'm supposed to say what it is yet but um it's it's really really cool awesome (laughs) i grew up in the 80s so i got mtv at a young age and i saw def leppard photograph on mtv and it changed everything for me they changed. I went into the hard rock direction and, and I just, that video was bright and vivid. And I'm like, what is that? What is that? And like that formed my love for rock music. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, like there's, you know, there's moments when you, you know, whether it's you hear something or you see something, but like something clicks in your brain and it like connects to you and it, and it changes your life forever. Yeah. And, and I think that that, you know, that's the, that's the power of music. And that's like, 
that's something that I'm attempting to do, especially with music videos right now, as I feel like, you know, the rock video has kind of been, um, I don't want to say dead because that's too m morbid, even though our record is called Death by Rock and Roll. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but it, it's, it's, you know, the, the rock video itself is, is actually kind of a complicated thing to figure out because, you know, the songs themselves, at least ours, like, you know, they, they shift musically so much, like there's so much dynamic and there's, there, you know, there's so many elements to it. And it's like, how do you capture all of that in a visual that is, a entertaining because that's like the first you know point of a music video and b gets the point across and is deep and you know and tells the story of the song but not in a way that it distracts the audience from the song itself but just kind of enhances it so like there's and and flows and moves the same way the song does you know like be like water you know it's, yeah. you know it's that it's that kind of vibe so like I, I spend a lot of time kind of conceiving of the ideas and I pretty much direct all like, I write all the treatments and direct all of the videos so it's, it's something that I spend a lot of time on and um, this next one that's coming out is something that I'm really really proud of and was very complicated to do just due to COVID circumstances and hopefully the next batch we we do will be a little bit um, hopefully a little easier as far as like circumstance yeah Listen, there's a there's a young Sean or a young Taylor or a young Howard that's uh that's waiting to discover like their their next new favorite band. Like so those videos are important. Luckily, YouTube is available to everybody. So, you know, they, oh, yeah. they find it there. But it, there was something about turning on MTV and just putting it on. And maybe you didn't like the video or the band at the time, but you were and same thing with radio. And I still love radio for that reason that you don't know what the next song is going to be. Like, are they going to play my favorite song? Or are they going to play the new it's favorite It's my favorite song? thing. It's, it's my favorite thing. Oh. It's, it's, I mean, I miss old MTV. Like, granted, I'm, like, if I'm being honest, I'm, I am I'm, was a big fan of, you know, 16 and Pregnant when it first came out. <laughs> um, and, you know, and Teen Mom and all that shit. But, um, but no, I miss, I miss old MTV of, like, you know, where it was about the music and, like, that's what, you know, that's what it was and I feel like that has just disappeared and now it's YouTube which is also you know that's fine like YouTube's cool like that's I've got no problem with YouTube um right. just make sure you like tune in to check it out because it's it's like you were saying it's a, it's like radio like my favorite thing is like getting in the car and flicking through rock radio stations and mm -hmm. listening to what are they playing what's on next like what what voice is the DJ playing on that day? Like, you know, like all of like, even like the call phrases, like all that shit, like, all, like love that. It's my favorite thing. And then the craziest thing is when you hear your actual, like when you hear your song mm -hmm. come on the radio and it takes me like a good few, I, I mean, I, I would say like a minute, but it's, it's probably less than that. But like, it, it takes me a minute to be like, wait, is this on my phone? No, this is on, wait, this is on the radio station. Oh shit, this is so cool. And they like turn it up and it's it's my favorite thing in the whole world. So like- Be honest, like, do you sing rock. along? Do you sing along? Oh, of course I sing along. Okay, okay. <laughs> not, not sing along. Yeah, I mean, I, not always. I mean, sometimes I just videotape it and like post yeah. it on Instagram because you know, <laughs> I have content now. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, no, but it's, it, it, it never, my point is it never gets old and rock radio is the best. Awesome. Uh, I mean, there's moments in my life I still remember running home for the MTV video premiere of a certain band or video. I'm oh, like, yeah. we, we don't, don't have that anymore. And I also would turn on MTV. I'm like, oh my God, they have a new record out. Because 
we didn't have the internet back then. So I was at the mercy of MTV or reading it in like circus or hit parader magazine. Like kids these days, they don't understand the struggle that we had back in the day. That, <laughs> I don't even know if it was a struggle. And one way I feel like it was like a pure way to get music. Like now like mm -hmm. access is so immense and it's so like kind of, I don't know. It's just everywhere. Like everyone kind of is always asking me like, you know, are there any new bands you're listening to? Is there any, I'm like, I'm like, honestly, I don't even know where to turn. Like, it's so overwhelming. There's so much stuff being thrown at you constantly that, like, how do you even, like, you know, decipher yeah. and, like, get, you know, weed through any of it? Information uh, so, overload. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, so, and, and also everything I feel like is very fleeting. Like, you know, we live in a very, like, single-based world where it's, you know, a song comes out and like the next week, another song comes out and another song and, you know, and it's like, to me, I still, you know, call me old school or whatever you want, but like, I, I love the album because I think that it, you know, it really encapsulates a, a time period in an artist's life. And I think that that's something that, you know, is really important. Um, and if you give it the grace to actually listen to, you know, the album from front to back, and I'm not just talking about my own, I'm, I'm, you know, mm -hmm you know pink floyd and the beatles and you know Soundgarden and every you know every who and you know yeah. like every, and every band in between like it, it's that that album like you can't just cherry like you can pick your favorite songs because like mm -hmm. everyone has favorite songs but you can't but you can't really because like the, it's the body of work that really kind of showcases the artist and and showcases where they're at at that moment in time and i think that that's so important and we're living in such a fast-paced society right now that like i feel like that gets lost and i think that it's actually kind of a not to totally change topic but i kind of think it's it's a it's an interesting way to put out an album in quarantine because there's no one has anything else to do other than to listen to records yeah. and i think that that you know kind of benefits us a little bit i guess yeah. in one way like if you if you give it the grace to listen to it from front to back like it will take you on a journey like a film does and i yeah. think that that's something that is has been lost on this younger generation and i hope that you know that can not come back necessarily because i also enjoy streaming like believe me like i i don't always put on vinyl um but when i do it's an experience and it's something that i think everyone should experience at some point yeah. in their life you were going to bring my point up like skipping a song on a cd was easy your mp3 you can do it but back in the day cassettes and vinyl were not easy to skip you're no. like hitting the tape to try to hit the song perfectly or you start scratching the record trying to find a thing i was big on just hey you like you like my ringtone <laughs> sorry it's my manager oh no problem i think i'm a little late for another interview oh. We'll wrap it. We'll wrap this up. But yeah, I, some of my favorite moments were sitting down with the vinyl or or the cassette and thumbing through it while I listened to the record. And I think that is a lost art at this point in time. Absolutely. So, um, Taylor, I thank you for taking some uh, some time, uh, taking over our lunch, giving no. me an hour off May fourth. It's Tuesday. And look, enjoy your break. Yes, and I'm looking forward to all your tunes and, and, and hearing maybe some stories and you and you introducing. Don't be too good because I don't want to lose my job. Um, <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I'm not that good. Although my song choices are pretty good, but awesome. my, my I'm I'm not stealing your job anytime soon. So no don't problem. <laughs> All the best. We hope to see you on the road soon. Looking forward to the next single and uh, and video. And best of luck with those allergies. And we'll we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's a pleasure to 
you know, give you a break and I hope you eat a really good sandwich. Awesome. I will. Thank you so much. You be good. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. You too, man. Have a good one. Take Stay care. Safe.